You are listening to The Current Daily, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Friday, July 17th. Another week down. I know not everyone can listen every day, so I'd like to call your attention to some really great discussions we've had on the pod these past two days. On Wednesday, we heard from Valerie Pulichar about Cloud Labs. Long story short, Cloud Labs was the end result of a very quick effort to transition 2,200 on-site lab seats into a remote environment. The guy doing the interview wasn't much, but Valerie... I'm on vacation, so I'm just going to let that one slide. But Valerie had some really interesting things to say. We've got that episode posted on the homepage of The Current. Yesterday, our own David Carlos had a very insightful and empowering interview with Tammy Blevins, chair of the Black Staff Association. They covered a lot of ground, including general career advice, what BSA is doing to overcome systemic racism, and even the three people Tammy would invite to a dinner party. It's truly worth your while to give that episode a listen as well. And not to disappoint, David Carlos is back again today. He's joined by Bryce Besser, chair of the UC San Diego Staff Association. This is David Carlos, and today we have Bryce C. Besser, who is a senior litigation analyst for environmental health and safety. He is also the chair of the UCSD Staff Association Executive Board. Hello, Bryce. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, David. It's really nice to be here this morning. How are things going for you? They're going pretty well. You know, like many folks, myself and my family have had to quickly adjust to the new normal with working from home and distance learning. And I think through the last few months, we've definitely been able to hit our stride. Certainly, we've faced some challenges like many folks. So we've had some really great days, some really great weeks. We've also had, you know, some harder days and some harder weeks, but it's definitely brought my family closer together. I've learned a lot about myself and about adversity once again, and being able to kind of chart through things. But it's been nice to to at least be able to focus on things like UC San Diego and the wonderful staff that we have and ways that I can help the university continue its mission, but also help staff when it comes to, you know, meeting their needs and creating a, a great atmosphere so that they really are enjoying the work that they're doing. Yeah, that's great that you that you started talking about um, your experiences as uh, so uh, as the staff. Uh, I know that you just started as the chair of the UC San Diego Staff Association, and just for the listeners, they may not know you also were a chair elect for a term. So it's not just you just started. So please tell us about your experience so far. Yeah, you know, a lot of folks might not kind of understand how the leadership structure works with the staff association. So that's a great question. And you're correct. So before becoming the chair on July 1st, I was what's called the chair elect. And what's interesting about the chair elect role is um, typically it, it also starts on July 1st. But for me, and also for Luis Legaspi, who was the chair at the time and is now moving into the immediate past chair role, our move up to His chair role and my chair elect role actually came about six months earlier than normal because we had our then chair take a leadership position in the Council for UC Staff Assemblies. And I can talk a little bit more about KUXA a little bit later, but kind of 30,000 foot, what we had was, you know, 
our chair moved up to a leadership role with uh, Kuxa. So then the chair-elect Luis moved up to the chair role, and then they needed to fill the chair-elect role. And so I threw my hat in the ring along with one other individual and was voted in. So with the chair-elect role, basically, it's like a vice president role. And so there's a lot of things that the chair-elect does to support the chair and the mission of the staff association. But there's specific initiatives that I can lead as well. And so what I really found cool about that extra six months is it, it helped me get a better sense of the big picture when it came to the staff association and a lot of the initiatives that we were working on. And, and also, I think it really helped when it came to kind of a business continuity type standpoint, because Luis and I were able to focus on big initiatives. You know, Luis had a really wonderful vision for the staff association. And so under his leadership, we were able to do things like, you know, engage in a new strategic plan where we created a new vision statement, we revised our mission statement, and we identified strategic priorities for the next five plus years. We also worked with Office for Strategic Initiatives on an idea wave campaign, and we were able to actually get staff members ideas about additional initiatives that we could be working on over the next few years. And, and then one of the big things that we did was we also revised the bylaws. And with those bylaw revisions, we created additional leadership positions on the executive board so that more staff could have leadership roles and and actually help drive engagement from other staff members across campus. I, that was one of the things that that I've noticed within the staff association how much the um, strategic involvement planning really went into as I stepped for the listeners I, I was part of the staff association as well and as I was leaving my when I was completing my final year there was a lot of or during my final year there was a lot of transition over to a really a strategic movement. I've seen it flourish. So great job. I mean, the contribution that you make, that Luis makes, that everybody on the UC San Diego Staff Association makes, it's, it's huge. It's a big deal. It's really a commitment. And you can tell like the commitment you have to the staff. So thank you for doing that and being a part of, of our community. I mean, definitely. You're, you're welcome. And, and you know, we, we really appreciate your service as well, the, the time that you spent on the board. You know, you did a lot of important things, especially with the scholarships, staff scholarships, which was wonderful. You know, I think just what it all comes down to is one thing that really amazes me is that the heart and dedication that staff have for UC San Diego. And so, I mean, I'm always impressed by how passionate they are and how they actually kind of want to contribute to the conversations, right? I think a lot of people really do want UC San Diego to be a wonderful place to work and being able to kind of work alongside those folks on that general mission. It's really been humbling. Yeah, it's amazing. So tell me with the pandemic, everything that's changed in the last few months, our whole world has changed. How has the staff association pivoted during this transition? Well, I mean, as you can imagine, the the folks on the staff association board all had to quickly figure out what life was going to be like when we were told to go home. And so I think that was a huge transition for many of us just as individuals, where I think in many instances, the, the work that we were doing in staff association had kind of a momentary pause where we all had to, I don't want to say scramble, but very quickly adjust to the new norm and life at home and balancing our work life with our personal life. But, you know, through that all, the staff association definitely kept working towards its mission. And I think one of the huge things that uh, I know myself and Luis had talked about extensively was you know, how can we, the staff association, continue to build community, even though folks weren't physically on campus? 
but also how can we help provide staff with resources that they might need to help them with everyday stressors like childcare and food insecurity, even things like job insecurity, right? There was just so many unknowns at the time. And so, you know, before COVID-19, the Staff Association was working with HR and others on town halls where we were going to talk about things like the engagement surveys and workplace flexibility. But once COVID-19 hit, things like workplace flexibility, that kind of became the norm as we're all working from home now and doing a very good job at it. But what we wanted to do again was concentrate on building community and providing resources. So Luis very quickly put together a series of messages of caring, I think is the best way that I can describe it. And he also invited staff resource groups like HR, FSAP, Create, for example, to contribute to those messages. And so those messages were providing, you know, additional resources for staff about if a staff member is worried about the distance learning, for example, and and how well they're doing, right? Create was available to talk to them about, you know, hey, it's okay, give yourself grace and here are some things to really look for big picture wise. FSAP also, you know, for example, we wanted to make sure that the staff knew that they can contact them. But then to build community, one of the other big initiatives that we created was the social sessions. And so the staff association teamed up with special events and protocol. They're the group that helps us when it comes to planning the other signature events on campus, like our staff summer celebration and the celebrate the night events. And so we teamed up with them and created social sessions. And those were aimed at providing staff with opportunities to engage virtually with their other staff members, to to really learn and experience something new. And then really, from my perspective, I, I wanted to create something that was enriching. And so folks, you know, were able to feed their souls and feel better about things, even if it was just for one hour out of a day out of their week, they could kind of escape a little bit. And so we did things like trivia, we had Zumba, uh, we actually had a crafting session with uh, North Troy Pines Living and Learning Craft Centers. Uh, There was a cooking demo as well with athletics. And those were well attended, right? I mean, we weren't blowing the roof off with Zoom when it came to our, our numbers, but at the same time, from my perspective, they, they were well attended and the folks that attended really did have good things to say. So you did Zumba on Zoom. We did Zumba on Zoom, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Athletics had a trainer and, and she did a great, she did a great uh, Zoom, Zumba session. And even that was interesting because, you know, when you think about activities, physical activities, I'm a risk manager on campus, right? So my role is in risk management, I should say. And so that's always what I'm kind of thinking about in the back of my mind is, okay, what are the risks here and how can we not have it be so risky? And so when you think about a Zumba class, you know, I'm a, I automatically go to things like, oh, we need a waiver, you know, and how are we going to do that? And, you know, people in the staff association would kind of look at me and go, oh, I don't think we need that. So that's, you know, it's kind of the new normal and trying to still create things that are going to be good for staff that are going to be safe. I mean, that was just really something that we all had to kind of do pretty quickly. Yeah. Like identifying um, what staff needs at a certain point. I mean, especially now with the changes and everything, like you you just sounds like you saw the opportunity, you saw the need, you just, you just jumped on it to, to help staff and really fulfill on your role. There's also other things that you advocate for staff. Like what are those other roles that are maybe outside of the specific time that we're in right now? Yeah, it's a really good question. So, I mean, it's really important for staff, I think, to realize that by being a staff member at UCSD, you're all part of the staff association. That's a huge change that happened a number of years ago where it was an opt-out more than an opt-in. So by being a staff member, everyone's part of the staff association. And we're not a union, so we don't represent staff. But instead, what we do is we advocate for staff interests. And 
So the vision of the staff association is that all staff will have the opportunity to engage and thrive as integral members of the UC San Diego community. And then our mission statement related to that is that the UC San Diego Staff Association, it, it engages and empowers all UC San Diego staff. And it really does that in order to advocate staff priorities and maximize our impact. So what we do is we, we again, we try to engage staff, we try to empower staff, we try to amplify staff voices. And a number of the priorities that we had identified during our strategic plan were you know, building community through staff engagement, right? That could be our, our signature events, but other events like um, social sessions, for example, celebrating staff and celebrating our staff contributions. And so there's a number of ways we could do that. Scholarships, we were talking about um, engaging in some other methods to the way we can celebrate the good that staff are doing, especially during these times. We really want to unite the voice of the San Diego, UC San Diego staff as well. That's one of our big initiative, big priorities. And then also, you know, we want to influence change based upon staff identified priorities. So a number of current initiatives that I can maybe talk about. So locally, we've got things like the Return to Campus Task Force. For many staff, they might know Return to Learn, and there's a number of different task forces that are part of that. Um, I'm actually part of the Return to Campus Task Force, where we are looking at what it's going to take to get staff back in on campus. And so uh, for the last couple of months, I've been working closely with the group on that. So more information to come out on that. There's a, a big communications plan that's that's in the works. And so there's more information that's being shared about the return to campus. That's great because we're hearing a lot of the return to learn, return to research. So hearing more about the return to campus and you know how that affects staff. I think people will is people are really interested in, in hearing more about that. Yeah, return to learn is kind of the umbrella which uh, return to research and return to campus fall under. And uh, the chancellor has put out uh, announcements more recently, for example, you know, acknowledging that remote work and the remote agreements, right, the remote work agreements that we have in place are going to be continuing through or until at a minimum September. But what is it going to look like when folks come back? How are we going to reintegrate individuals on campus? Those are a lot of the things that the Return to Campus Task Force is looking at right now. So, and, and some of the other things that, of course, we're working on, we've got uh, the cabinet conversations. Cabinet conversations uh, as a series of webinars with our executive leadership. The first one was Pierre Ouellet, and uh, he did roughly a uh, 45-minute webinar. And the idea behind those webinars is to allow staff to see our executive leaders, get to know them more on a personal level, but also have the executive leaders take time to answer some of the tough questions that are going on right now. You know, how's, what's the status of the campus? Nancy Resnick will be coming up shortly in her webinar. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that she'll be talking about things like return to campus and what it's going to look like for departments when they, when they start coming back. The other thing that we do locally is that we have ongoing conversations with executive leaders. So the chair and the chair elect regularly meet with people like Nancy Resnick, our chief HR officer, Jeff Gaddis, who's the associate chancellor, Elizabeth Simmons, our UVC. So that's another way that we can help advocate for staff, right? We take to them staff concerns, take to them staff stories. We take to them information about how our staff are leading the charge when it comes to things, right? And make sure that we have staff priorities kind of at the top of their mind. You know, we have professional development scholarships, which we can award. There's things like food insecurity initiatives that uh, Luis Legaspi and the Healthy Campus Network worked on most recently. And that one actually was really cool. They, they put together two webinars, one in English and one in Spanish, about 
food resources for folks that might have food insecurities. So that was really kind of special. Mm -hmm. And then we've developed this new board structure, which will allow us to engage in more initiatives because we're going to have more leaders on the board. And so it's not just going to be, for example, the chair, chair elect having to drive a lot of that work, but we're going to have other functional chairs that are going to be able to take ownership over certain initiatives and go out into the campus community and get volunteers for committees that they're working on. And the one thing, and I know I've been talking a lot, so, um, but one thing that I wanted to mention was our staff association is one of many. So each of the UC campuses has their own staff association and two representatives, it's usually the chair, chair elect for each of the staff associations serve on what's called the Council for UC Staff Assemblies. So think of CUCSA as kind of the office of the president for the UC system. Well, we're kind of like the, the system-wide staff association, right? And that group actually gets to look at really big picture items like workplace flexibility, basic needs, retiree medical benefits, family leave benefits, professional development, succession planning, right? Some, some really big meaty topics that we can kind of address across the campuses and, and hopefully enact, you know, some really beneficial change to staff members. So, so from each executive board, staff association across each campus, those leaders come together and then have those conversations with UC leadership over the state of California. Yeah, exactly. So CUCSA, it's comprised of two delegates from each of the campus staff associations. And then we also have Office of the President representatives and we have Office of the President HR contacts that are part of that group as well. And so we meet quarterly with COVID-19. We had our first virtual meeting last quarter, uh, but typically what we would do is we would actually meet at one of the campuses and uh, have an opportunity to meet some of the leaders from that campus and hear those leaders talk. But then during the meetings, we, we talk about, you know, big picture items. Um, we have work groups and CUCSA that do deep dives into things like professional development, succession planning, flexible work arrangements and that sort of thing, and try to provide, you know, recommendations to the Office of the President based on that research. So yeah, we have regular meetings each quarter. With COVID-19, we've we've had more opportunity to kind of have, I guess, informal communications over email. But yeah, that that's kind of a, the beauty of the staff associations is that we don't just look at things from our local perspective. We get to see things from a system-wide perspective. And many of the things that we're dealing with at UC San Diego, other campuses are dealing with or have dealt with. And so we can use that resource to see things that might have worked well or things that you know might not have worked as well. And so it's it's really good because we can take things, troubleshoot them, and then try to you know enact some some good change for staff. It sounds like there is a lot of opportunities for staff to get involved, to contribute back to the university, the students, faculty, and, and other staff. Like, how can people do that? That's an excellent question, and I appreciate you asking it because there's there's actually tons that people can do. And the beauty about the staff association is that engagement for one person might not be the same for engagement for another person. You can have folks that want to get really engaged like myself, right, and become a leader, right, and serve on the board. So that's one way you could do it. You could become an elected board member. It's two-year term. Elections are typically in May or June of each year. Um, this year was a little delayed. An announcement for uh, voting is going to be coming out today if it hasn't already come out, but they'll be electing new members to the board and then uh, staff will be electing new members to the board. So that's one way, but that's like the big chunk. I mean, that's the peak of engagement, right? It could be more time commitment and that sort of thing. So engaging in the executive board in that capacity. You can also 
volunteer or serve on one of the affiliate groups. So what, what's unique about UC San Diego's staff association is it's not just the elected members, but we have many affinity groups, affiliate groups as we call them. So that's the Black Staff Association or the LBGT Staff Association or the Veteran Staff Association. There's many more that I'm not listing here, but you can find all the information on our website. So you can actually be a part of those groups and they're working on a lot of initiatives every day as well. You can serve on different campus committees if you wanted. There's a number of those that are run by resource management planning or other departments. And so there's ways to get engaged that way. But you can also volunteer on the different committees that the staff association is going to create. So like I said, we've revised the board structure. And so we're going to have functional board chairs that are leading initiatives and they're going to need help. And so there's going to be calls for volunteers for a number of different committees to work on initiatives. And so that's a way to do that. And you can volunteer and do things kind of, you know, in bite-sized chunks, right? So that it works within kind of your schedule and, and what you can do. But I think the bottom line is, is that if you want to be engaged, just, just know that you have a voice and that you can reach out to the staff association. You can ask us questions. You can talk to us about certain things or try to help us raise awareness about maybe an issue that's happening for you or for your units. I mean, that's a way for us to continue to talk to executive leaders and, and make sure that we are amplifying the voice of staff. So there's, there's many ways that you could get involved and it's just not a one size fits all. So if anybody has questions, they can always email me, they can check out our website and I'm, I'm always happy to talk to people about that. We'll have those links posted on the website for this podcast. So if people are interested in finding out more and then just keep an eye out for those, those committees that are being formed and I'd like to end with a fun question. So what is your favorite 90s band and why? I'm glad you kind of sent that one to me beforehand because I certainly had to think about it a little bit. I'm more of an 80s guy when it comes to kind of the music, but it's interesting because when I think back about it, I mean, the 90s had, you know, played a big role in, in me growing up, right? I mean, I was in junior high and high school and all that stuff. And so thinking back about the 90s, I think it's really tough for me because, and I, I don't like giving these answers because I think it might dodge it. But at the same time, I think it's just really, and it's hard for me to say that there's one band that I'm, that's my favorite. I've always been interested in bands for their music more than their lyrics. And so bands that push the limits of sound have always been my favorites. And so like when I think back on kind of powerful albums of the 90s and things that I still go to today, things like Pearl Jam's 10, right, comes to mind. I mean, that was explosive on on many fronts, right? You had high energy rock, you had Eddie Vedder's unmistakable voice, it, what's interesting about those that album, though, is that they had some more, I guess, kind of like down-tempo tracks, their intro, their outro. There's some some really kind of chill vibe tracks on those that I really liked. I, I, I remember, you know, laying in my room as a, as a young boy, you know, listening on headphones and just being able to fall asleep to some of those tracks. And then you have bands like U2 and Octung Baby and Zuropa, and that had a ton of depth and sound. I think 90s, Nine Inch Nails comes to mind, right? Downward Spiral was huge, and I was a big fan of that. Then you also had like 80s bands that were continuing in the 90s. So like Violator, um, Depeche Mode's Violator, Martin Gore, I think did a great job continuing kind of weaving together musical tapestries. There's just so much depth in, in their songs. But um, and another thing, and I think it's kind of funny, I'm like laughing at myself right now. So Trip Hop, I don't know if a lot of folks <laughs> were Trip Hop or even know about it, but Trip Hop. Trip hop was huge in the 90s. Yeah. And, and I was a big, big fan. I still am. And so that was bands like, Massive Attack, Hoover Phonic. They had funny names, right? But what they what they combined were multiple genres. And so they had tracks with like deep bass 
but also, you know, a lot of melodic lyrics. They were usually led by female singers, if I remember correctly, that had great voices and could just belt things out. And so again, it was like just one of those things where you could kind of immerse yourself in a mood. That's what music is for me. I, I like music because, you know, for me, it can help set the stage and, and it can help me when it comes to focusing or if I need to get excited about something, I can quickly turn to something and say, okay, I need to get jazzed up. Here's this song. If I want to relax, here's this song. A long-winded way to say that there's a lot of things in the 90s that I love, but those, I think those bands really are things that come top of mind for me and, and the reasons why. You're taking me back to high school as well. So thank you for that. Especially that violator early high school for me. So yeah, I appreciate that. I identify with 80s music for sure. Uh, 90s though, I really got into uh, music. So that's why I put the 90s question in there for you. So well, kind of funny because I listen to more 80s now than I did back when I was younger, right? So I think I've just grown more, I appreciate it more now and the nostalgia. But really, I mean, for me, I was I was very young in the 80s, right? And then the 90s, right? I was starting to kind of come into my own as an adolescent and a teen. And so that definitely, you know, has uh, played a big role in who I am in the bands in the time. I mean, they were all very iconic. There was tons of different genres that are coming out and bands were just trying to create new things, new sounds, break through, try something different. Right. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for being here, taking the time to have this conversation with me for allowing our listeners to get a better understanding of the UC San Diego Staff Association, what you all are up to. And just thank you for your commitment to UCSD and staff. So everybody who comes together to make this university work. Yeah. Thank you, David. This was really it's a really great way to start my day. So I, I appreciate the time. And if anybody has questions, you know, the links will be provided, but feel free to reach out to me personally, or you can reach out to the staff association in general. We're always happy to answer questions and talk to you about ways that you can, you can get engaged. Okay. Thank you. Have Thanks. a good day. As Bryce mentioned, all UC San Diego staff are automatically members of the staff association. And as you heard, the staff association really does a lot to not just advocate for our interests, but to help us out as best it can, and even provide some amusing distractions. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll be back on Monday with another fresh episode, and I will be back to actual work as well. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.